Howdy, folks. We're taking a quick break from our long break to let you know about a cool four-day event next weekend in Bernal Heights. Here's the event's organizer. But to me, like, it made perfect sense. Like, Mission Street has been my home for such a long time. Like, it, I couldn't think of another place to have my business. That was Eden Stein, owner of Secession Art and Design. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Welcome to this special off-season episode. Eden ran Secession as a brick and mortar on Mission Street from 2007 to earlier this year, when the realities of the pandemic forced her to shut down and move north. The gallery had already established a presence online, but as her 15th anniversary approached, Eden felt that a virtual experience just wasn't going to cut it. In this podcast, you'll meet and get to know Eden. She'll end by telling us all about the event she's planning up on Cortland Street. Here's Eden. Well, I, um, I owned a gallery and a boutique in San Francisco in the Mission, Mission Bernal uh, for 15 years. Um, after 14 and a half years, I, I closed it and um, moved my family to Santa Rosa. Um, but when I was open, I was featuring uh, over 70 independent artists and curating shows and hosting community events and doing all sorts of um activism and music, whatever I could think of um, in the physical space. And where exactly was the space? Sure. Um, so we were past Cesar Chavez um, in Mission Bernal across from Blue Plate next to the knockout. Okay. That's funny that, uh, it, again, just kind of circumstance, we're doing reruns okay. from this last season and today's rerun was Emmy. Oh, uh, right, right on. So right there in that, like kind of after Cesar Chavez as like you're starting to to see a lot of cool small businesses. Yeah, well I was next next door neighbors with Emmy um, across from Safeway for right. a long long time. I was in between Ichi and Emmy's yeah. and then all three of us um, dreamed big and moved our businesses down the street, right. just a couple blocks down. Um, Emmy and I actually got keys on the same day. Oh fun. And, um, yeah. I felt like we were both doing little dances. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's a good kind of segue to um, maybe some stories of just of what, you know, that neighborhood was like when maybe when you first opened and sure. the community that you came into and then the community that you fostered with Secession. Sure. Yeah. So if you go way, way back. Um, Let's to... <laughs> go way back. Um, so I moved into that neighborhood in 1999 um, onto Mission Street across from El Rio. Um, okay. I was in my 20s, yeah, yeah. <laughs> partying and all that good stuff. Um, I was in. I was going to San Francisco State, um, getting a degree or getting a BA in creative writing. Okay. And um, yeah, my backyard was El Rio. Oh. Um, the phone booth. Yeah. Um, and Bars you could smoke in. Yes, you could. Back in the day. Yeah, you could. And yeah. I remember at El Rio, it was like Monday's dollar drinks. Oh. And yeah, we just had so much fun. Pickled liver yeah. seasons. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I was, but but you, was your move, you grew up here in Santa Rosa, I did. right? Okay. Yeah. But your move to the city was because you went to state or um a couple different reasons okay. so um yeah i i grew up in santa rosa that's where i was born and um 
and then I moved to the city, like I said, in 1999. Um, I moved there not only to go to school, but um, to, to live with my boyfriend, uh, Jason Schwartz, who's now my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, we lived in a punk house on mission um, with like six other people. Oh, nice. And, um, and he was already there at that he, place. He came a little bit earlier right. than, okay. than I did okay. um, just so, cause we found a place and I wasn't ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think our rent was like 500 bucks. Uh, <laughs> that you split. That we split. Yes. And I thought it was so expensive. Expensive as hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of the Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine. So, there's yeah. hindsight issues um, there. But. So, yeah, fast forward a little bit. And then I went I went to state and then I, what did I do? So Mission Street, I um, worked at the drugstore, um, which was a vintage uh, furniture. Is that the one that's barbecue now? It's Baby a barbecue Blues? restaurant. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, but it was, it was actually a vintage store before that. It was that. a vintage store. Before that, uh, it was a drugstore? Yeah, it was a okay. drugstore for like 30, 30 years, you mm-hmm. know, a legacy business, and then transferred over into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of my, like, first experience with, like, I rented a little booth, and I sold vintage jewelry, and I um, the owner did a lot of art, and so that was kind of like... I started to get really intrigued with the idea that that you didn't that you could open something right. and transform. Right. So you didn't just work there; you had a booth. Where I you had sold a booth. Your own stuff. I, yeah. Okay. Um, and it was the first time that I I uh, started like remixing jewelry. That was really mm-hmm. a new concept to that world where I was and I was selling in our local artisans um, and yeah. So I was play. I was kind of playing around with some ideas that actually ended up I ended up doing at secession <laughs> well I'm wondering because you said you studied creative writing mm-hmm. at state right so was there a time where creative writing was maybe something you were gonna do and then you're just kind of playing around with different things and yeah and well, with... I, um, when I was in Santa Rosa for many 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 years um, I wrote a zine and okay. awesome. um, it was called 7th Street and I um, that was kind of what that was my band essentially like right. i i i traveled across the us and europe interviewing bands and writing and just i did that for a long a long time and so that really is why i, I wanted to go and do creative writing i was okay, really interested in um, poetry and short stories and documentation um was it a music zine or did it encompass some of those things more just like a creative it, it was a mix like i've always been into um not just one genre so mm-hmm. like you're you have a zine that does you do interviews with ska bands so mm-hmm. like um yeah it interviewed uh, many interviews with jawbreaker and oh, nice. uh, bikini kill and tiger trap and just I, I left my jawbreaker hoodie in the car because, as we've discussed, yeah. it's warm out here. It's warm out here. <laughs> Freezing in the city. So I started my day with my jawbreaker hoodie and left it in the car. Anyway. Yeah, I spent a lot of time at Gilman Street on oh, the nice. side of the stage with my camera and my my little like video camera and just documenting people's stories. That's was totally what I was into in the in my teens and 20s <laughs> in like let's say the 90s yeah i love it yeah. were you doing this alone this scene seven yeah i mean nice. and all, doing all the work because it's a lot of work i was doing work. all the work i was i don't know we i lived with 
everyone in Santa Rosa was in was doing multiple things so we had like our right. jobs or whatever and then and then you were writing zines or you were touring with bands right and I wasn't quite a musician I um, would travel around with a banjo and pretend I was a musician oh awesome I, I called it punk rock banjo yeah. um, I did a lot of spoken words so okay. I would open for punk bands and and read a poem nice. and bang on some music like instruments <laughs> right i love it i love it and that it. was the way that i would tour right um at, without having to be in a formal band <laughs> so was this would this have been like your high school years or did it did it high go back school earlier it. yeah i mean i started going to shows when i was 12 right so um, middle school yeah, junior high. Jun- definitely junior high like yeah. eighth and ninth grade and yeah my mom had a rule that i I could stay out to two if I went to the East Bay, but I had to be home by 11 if I was in home in Santa Rosa. So okay. I just spent every single weekend that I could at Gilman or wow. um, in the city at all the warehouse shows. Right. Every, everything. So yeah, I, had I mean, we could time. do like four podcasts no, about that stuff. I really, so really want to do a 90s project. That's something. And, yeah. and just you know go back into my tape collections and go back into all that well something that you i'm sure would be interested in and i will shamelessly plug an episode we did um penelope houston from the avengers she and she just retired recently but she was doing the punk archive at the sf public library oh yeah so like I'll any have anything to connect with her. It's and, still and, a dream to do this. So. And I believe you can go to the library and see some of that stuff. Oh, cool! Now it's. Right I mean, she she Penelope <laughs> got an amazing collection, and I think they're still, you know, it's kind of adding to yeah. it in perpetuity. But fun. She had great stories from back in those days, <laughs> so and fun. that's that's like right before my time here. I was doing some of that stuff in like yeah. other cities, but yeah. So I'm fascinated with what that world was like well and mission street was so alive there was so right. many shows happening um in houses and mm-hmm. um and warehouses and just ev- everywhere like um in the bart state people just like right. find ways um and then when i was here like we used to we would go into the post office and we would plug in amps shows at the post office. shows at the post office <laughs> i love Those it we're Epic. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure Kinko's was a big part of Kinko's was the zine making big, world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I still call it Kinko's. I, I can't think Kinko's it. does not exist anymore because it's of everything. Stupid every, FedEx. It, well, no, it's not that. not that. It's that everyone figured out how to hack their keys right. and um, <laughs> print their zines for free. Right. And also book their tours on their phones that you could call mm-hmm. long distance. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no so, charge. Yeah, there was no charge. You don't no have charge. to like steal a uh, what was it calling cards yeah we would always anyway um yeah. yeah it's a totally different world and and for me that speaks to a lot of the work that that making a zine was back then yeah you'd have to like do all the interviewing and, and photographing yeah. and then lay it out somehow and then put it on a floppy disk well, and, and take it into computers back no. then so it was all cut and taping paste. and xeroxing and then yeah, yeah. and it was all mail so you would get these fan letters from all across the u.s and like i remember i got i got like a small grant from uh maximum rock and roll (laughs) Um, to put out my zine um so yeah like that was how you would basically just submit your zine to maximum rock and roll and then you would 
create this community, but it was all it was all male and it was all pen pals and and then you would travel. Um, so I remember driving from San Francisco to New Orleans. Oh wow! And you would stop in Arkansas and the bands were playing on the waterfront. So it was a very different time. I know time that before exact waterfront venue. The internet. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Fun. Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. So now you're um, you're in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and you're and you're at the what was it? What was the place called? The drugstore. What did they call it? it? That was called the drugstore. The drugstore. Okay. Yeah. So um, how do we get from there to opening sure. secession? Well, um, I mean, that was just something I kind of was testing the waters and mm-hmm. selling at, and then I. Um, yeah, I was a teacher for over a decade, oh, and okay. that's kind of how we got to secession more than okay. the drugstore. But okay. um, so yeah, I taught early childhood um, preschool. I started in Glen Park, and then I was teaching in like Noe the Castro mm-hmm. at Eureka Learning Center. Okay, and I got really close with a lot of the parents um, that I was teaching their kids. I was also nannying a lot, and um, just being really active with kids and um and one of the parents owned an architecture firm on mission street across from safeway and he let me start hosting pop-ups at his venue um every holiday and then um pop-ups of this kind of the stuff that you were doing at the drugstore similar stuff no um totally different i was curating art similar to what i was doing at secession so i was curating an art show and then bringing in um, an independent artist. Mm-hmm. I would bring in like 15 different artists mm-hmm. um, that did like jewelry and clothing and all that. And and so how did you, back then, how did you find artists? Was it just people you knew, word of mouth, getting Definitely word or, of mouth. Yeah. Um, I... I have a really interesting story about how I kind of entered into into Let's that world. I've had a couple different careers through my life. So when I was teaching, I really had to like supplement my income. And I really, really wanted to be out vending. That was important to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and being out at street fairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I somebody asked me to do an event and, and do a pop-up. And I was like, sure. And I was like, oh. I gotta figure out what I'm gonna make. What to do with it? Yeah. What I'm gonna make? Yeah. I didn't. They had no idea I didn't make anything, okay. and so I, um, I took a jewelry class, and I learned how to make a necklace. Okay. <laughs> and so I showed up at their, their event, and I sold. I made twelve necklaces, and I called, I, um, I called my business twelve designs. And I, um, they were necklaces made with vintage beads nice. reconstructed. Nice. And I ended up using that platform of making necklaces and selling vintage jewelry um, to be able to get my foot in the door to do street fairs. Okay. Which vintage was not a thing at Fillmore Street at the time. Right. Or... Um, or any of the local markets. They, mm-hmm. When I told them that what I wanted to sell, they were like, what do what you do? Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, it's pretty common now that mm-hmm. you see vintage sellers. Um, uh, some of the early markets like Indie Mart or um, the, that, I did hundreds of her events all through the city. That was really fun. Okay. Um, but and yeah. And what, what years are we talking now, roughly? Uh, that would have to be the early 2000s. Like a f- 
2005 or earlier. I'm trying to remember when I graduated. That's okay. So I graduated high school in 1995, college around 2001, so it was after college. Okay. So sometime 2003-ish okay. around there. Got it. Um, but yeah, I ended up, I was teaching and then I had a full on career of selling jewelry. I was so you doing. you like had no time to just chill. <laughs> I didn't, I was young and right. I had right. energy I and right. I didn't have a little one at that time. <laughs> like, right. So my husband was out playing music and doing the, all the band stuff. I was out, out being creative and, and, um, and yeah, enter. I, I used to say like the whole doing street fairs was you were like in the circus, like mm. you were on this, you would, all of the vendors, you got so close with them. You were out on the streets in the rain and the sun and, and the everything. And when you traveled around yeah, the city, yeah, you traveled around the yeah. city. Um, and some of my best friends are the people that I had booths next to amazing um like my next door neighbor that's how we oh, originally how met. originally okay. met and yeah when we were when we were young we used to just have so much fun with those events <laughs> so even though you probably didn't recognize it necessarily at the time you were kind of building a role like a mental rolodex definitely. of like like tapping into these communities of artists and oh of, yeah of all different yeah i mean definitely that and... was so many of my artists come from from that day, oh, like yeah. I, like Amos Goldbaum, we, uh, uh, Animal Instincts, like mm -hmm. Mission Threat, we, uh, Hillary Williams, Colleen Maurer, we were all vending. And so starting secession, I just had to ask people. We already had, we had the serious built-in trust. They were like, of course I would, I would participate in this. Mm -hmm. Like we've known each other for years. What <laughs> was it that you're like, I want to do a little my own little gallery uh, well, and was it the same space <laughs> that the architect yeah so okay. i was at a party and the, the architect just kind of we were hanging out and he was like he's like i'm moving to my new location i think you should rent rent the space and um and then like i i was just like of course i should <laughs> even though i have a full-time career and a full-time job and um and then a week later, he was like, I don't want to be the one to break you. <laughs> He's like, right. owning a business is really, really hard right. and expensive. And um, and you're really good at what you're you're doing right now. So, um, and I just, really, it was a big dream and I wanted to do it. And so I, um, I actually, the first year of owning Secession, I kept my full-time job okay and just had very limited hours hours right um so after, literally after school yeah so yeah <laughs> i would close i would work at the preschool from eight to three and then and then open from four to seven and okay. just kind of catch some of that nighttime traffic from uh from M from mission so, street yeah, yeah. From mission. yeah but everyone thought i was totally crazy opening a shop mm-hmm um, when there was no retail in that neighborhood. Right. It's like m mostly restaurants, it's bars. All, yeah, and all restaurants and bars. Like ta tax attorneys and stuff. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. But, but to me, like, it made perfect sense. Like, Mission Street has been my home for such a long time. Like, it, I couldn't think of another place to have my business. 
And so the first like incarnation of Secession was I had studio like studio spaces, and that was kind of how I I funded mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had the gallery, I had the retail space. Okay. Um, and then I did shows. Um, I've always done about anywhere from six to twelve shows a year, mm -hmm. uh, featuring two to three artists usually. Okay. Um, Can we talk about the name real fast? Sure. Where'd you get that? Uh, Secession Art and Design. Yeah. Um, well, Secession comes from the Secession movement in Austria in okay. the um, early 1900s. Egon Schiele um, was one of the artists that I just absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. um, my husband's grandfather is from Vienna. Oh. Um, and we went back on a trip and I just, that was before the gallery opened. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just so like, a lot of the artists that were involved in that movement, they um, they died before they were 30, but they created so much art and so so much furniture and just like philosophy and just uh, that has, people are influenced in today. Right. Um, and when you go there, it looks like you're seeing people that are just hanging out at Rock Bar, or hanging out, mm. uh, hanging out at you know, um, Royal Cuckoo. Like mm -hmm. it just they look like they're they're alive today right um which was fascinating to me so when i got back from that trip that was when i really started like when i was thinking of a name for the um gallery i um i was like of course the session there's a lot of stars aligning yeah stories yeah. that lead into opening this this spot oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah i'm picking up on that yeah <laughs> the year before i um opened the shop i i got married Mm -hmm. And um, my whole wedding was we I had artists hanging art, and I, we had bands playing at it. Nice. And, um, and I always said, if I could, if I could pull off our wedding, I could open the gallery. Right. This will be uh, walk in the. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that a hawk? <laughs> yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Or Al. Um, <laughs> just random um but yeah so many things everything that has happened in my past has led me to where i am today right and yeah some things led me the wrong direction some things led me the right direction mm -hmm. um so yeah so i was in the old location till um 2014 okay when did you open um 2007 seven okay so, yeah, seven to in, 14 yeah, so seven years in the um, the location that was um, across from Safeway, mm -hmm. um, which is is ironically now a preschool oh. <laughs> called All My Children, which I thought was funny too. Oh, interesting! <laughs> lots yeah. of lots, lots of funny things. Yes. <laughs> now fate is following you. Yeah, um, and then I. I, the reason that I moved um, the gallery was because I lost my lease. Okay. Um, I think they were thinking about selling the building at the time, and they just weren't quite sure, so they just didn't renew. Mm -hmm. um, and I started to look look around the different neighborhoods for you a new location. Definitely wanted to stay there, or did I you look at some other neighborhoods? I definitely wanted to stay there. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, so I reached out to my community. Um, I was able to stew um, Gary um, helped. He's a broker, and mm -hmm. he has helped me for like the last ten years of oh. navigating leases and navigating all of that. Like bureaucracy. Yeah, all this stuff. he's yeah. just been 
my series garden guardian angel like nice. um owning commercial or renting commercial leases is you can't do it alone right and you need someone who can help you, you be strong and give you some confidence right <laughs> but anyway like so i told him i wanted to be within two blocks of my store okay and he just was like okay and then i i found there was a cafe that had been empty for a long a long time mm -hmm. and i i went into it and said absolutely not mm -hmm. and um and then went back a couple of weeks later and said yes i want to rent this okay <laughs> <laughs> um because it was two blocks from my old location mm -hmm. i wanted to continue with my community and i i just it felt it felt like the next step in my career in my dream gallery and it was a little farther north where valencia meets mission got it where the so, cuckoo is yeah so yeah. across the street from royal cuckoo um, from, or, yeah. or um cancun yeah. and knockout yeah. and all that is over there yeah yeah and and like that i wanted to be there because it, it felt like home mm -hmm. um and then we ended up moving our we lived in Sunnyside for a long time and okay. then um, moved out of that neighborhood and were able to move on to Tiffany um, which are like everything everything right aligned there. at that time yeah. um, so that was 2014 14 okay um, so yeah I opened the big location I took out a restaurant um, I renovated um, yeah <laughs> I it's 50 gallons of paint to get Jeez. it back to white. Um, right. Yeah. Was lots of stories. Fair, of I, I know it was a lot of work, but it, was it fairly seamless? Was it the fairly move? Um, it was. Um, on Christmas Eve, we we said goodbye to our last customer and we started packing. And then on Christmas Day, for some reason, I've always had to move my businesses around the holidays. Okay. But yeah, that particular move, we were moving on Christmas Day. Wow. And so we were rolling racks of clothing down Mission down Street. Down the sidewalk. Down yes, the sidewalk. Yes, I love it. Um, and I just remember like nuns walking and drunk people and... and <laughs> restaurants that were open just being like go eat in yes like, um yeah we had we had a lot of <laughs> fun rolling things down the hill i'm glad we didn't have to go up the hill <laughs> oh correct yeah move the other way no yeah um no but that kind of speaks to and and that neighborhood is not alone in this in the city but there are pockets where the community is so strong that yeah. people will you, people will see people doing something like moving oh, yeah. racks of clothing and be like cheering you on and be oh, like this yeah. is this is a thing this is a yeah. big deal well and being part of that community for over 50 i mean i was 23 or you know connected to everyone i knew like all the merchants and like we've all kind of have grown up in a way together and so we definitely support each other and um, cheer each other on <laughs> okay yeah. and so that was 2014 when yeah. you opened the new location yeah. um, and was it bigger was it, it was much bigger. much bigger yeah I went okay. from 750 square feet to 1500 a double yeah More than so double. doubled um, yeah and had to navigate all the bureaucracy of permitting mm -hmm. and um, getting loans mm -hmm. um, that I'm still probably <laughs> I'm right. still paying off. Um, well, I was going to yeah. ask when, when did you stop teaching and when did secession become full time? Um, so let's see. Okay, I got married in 2006. Um, I taught 
through 2007. That's when Secession opened, and then I stopped teaching in 2008. Oh, okay. So, um, so by far the majority of the time that the store was open it was what you were doing full-time. yeah, yeah. Um, but during the beginning years of secession I was I mean like in the first couple of years of secession I was doing like 52 street fairs like a year like pop-ups and I was doing so not only the teaching yeah but I was fairs. doing anything I could to spread the word that the store had opened right and bring capital to the store right so well that's that's another part yeah. of it that I wanted to talk about real quickly is that it wasn't just a gallery mm-hmm. it wasn't just studio space right do you had you had a store I had, you had a, a store. retail store yeah it was a retail space yeah um and I'm I want to hear in your words, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what it was like to go in there. But like, yeah. what what did you sell? Um, so art, clothing, and jewelry, um, which was was really um, kind of unusual concept um, to people too. Uh, like I said, I like to kind of expand the genres and um, be able to not stay within the box. Um, so I would do art shows. I would feature a graffiti artist and then an abstract artist, and just try to like really mix it up a little bit and um and see what would happen and that's why i wanted to add the clothing i wanted to add uh, the jewelry so i could um challenge myself artistically in a way like um uh, like do plan a show and then be like well what what jewel what colors are going to go with what makes sense and to bring it all together I love it. I mean, it's in kind a way, of a big giant puzzle for me, and yeah. that's what kept me doing it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so, what happened to Secession? And, and... So, um, Secession, um, I was at the new location. I was there from 2014 to two um, to 2022. Okay. Um, uh, so about eight years, mm-hmm. and um, during that time, I was really active um, in. The Merchant Association. I was president of the association, um, um, and if you look back to 2016 to 2022, so much happened during those secession years. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a five alarm fire in our neighborhood. Oh, jeez. Um, that oh, the 2300 club. That yeah, one. The yeah, the 3300. Oh, sorry, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the 3300 block burned down, and that really mm-hmm. kind of. Um, I, that was what, uh, the merchant community. We really got really close um, yeah. uh, through those years, and then uh, the the red lanes was a big one. So there mm-hmm. was like a lot of elements that really and construction. I was under construction on Mission Street for nine years, wow. of, like my fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Um. So um, just a lot of things kind of challenges. Pile, challenges piled up, but Secession was really successful. Mm-hmm. And um, I closed with a bang. Um, I started to kind of think about during the COVID years and the hustle of trying to figure out um, how to keep the business open. Like I actually had an awesome landlord who like gave us rent reductions. Oh, nice. And so he really helped out with that. And I kind of changed my model to be a little bit more of a virtual one and okay. more personal so that I, I could like I could deliver a piece of art to your doorstep. Were you and doing any of that before or was it more like kind of no I mean my accelerated g- or necessitated by the pandemic? The pandemic definitely changed things for me where I right. had to do like virtual parties mm-hmm. um which was a really I 
like I had a gallery space because I wanted people to get together. Right. And so I kind of took the um, pandemic as as like, okay, well, how how do I make it still personal and have a connection with someone without having to be close to them? Right. And so I uh, just kind of every uh, everything went online, and I operated out of the storefront, um, but more as a like. Uh, Mail order. Order fulfillment. <laughs> order fulfillment station. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And a spot that I could I could just, I could go and think, because I also had a, a small child at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, um, my son was um, born in 2019, 2019. so before, before it. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that's another good story. Like, I, I didn't really realize uh, being self-employed, I wouldn't have maternity leave. Right. Um, so I had to fundraise for my maternity leave, which was two weeks. Okay. And so after two weeks. Two weeks of leave. Yes. After that, I, I strapped my son to me and mm-hmm. I um, went back to work. And and it, like I remember during holiday <laughs> trying to breastfeed and sell sell a customer a piece of jewelry at the same time. Right. And, you know, and, it, and some moments. But people were really trusting and helpful and yeah so my son was with me at at the store every weekend for a year and a half amazing um until covid until covid and then and then we transitioned to the remote model and being home (laughs) so you did this you did this virtual version of secession for almost two years or so yeah yeah Yeah. And, and and then what um, then we were able to open back up again, which was okay. like so, so surreal mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and awesome. And people still didn't come out for a long, a long time. So right. a lot of it um, was still virtual. Okay. <laughs> um, were you able to do events again? Not for a long time. Okay. I was really cautious about yeah. actually getting people together. Like, because it'd be like we can have five people in here, if that. Right. And, and we like, we point. stopped serving any food or alcohol. Right. We just or any wine at events. We yeah. just like, it was about meet the artist and then be on your way. Right. <laughs> like, right. like buy a piece of art. Hi. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. One person timed. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was really interesting. It changed things. Like I, um, I had a uh, event that I did every year with Hillary. She would bring her baby goats to the gallery. Oh, awesome! And then, right after, like a couple of years into the pandemic, we were like, we want to do this event again, but how do we do it so we don't have big groups of people? And mm-hmm. so we we called it a twenty minute hug. Oh god! And we would only let in one family at a time, and they got a twenty minute hug, and mm-hmm. we rotated people. And they got to hug a baby goat in the gallery. And so, yeah, you learn. I love it. Owning a business, you learn to be creative. It's totally making lemonade out of, come on. Yeah. Because everything was, everything turned upside down and we had to adjust and figure things out. Yeah, so my husband and I started working more from home. And that's when we just kind of decided that we needed to, um, as our son was getting a little bit older, it was harder to have the home office in the living room. Mm-hmm. So we needed we needed to think about what our next step was. And we started to um, look for a new home. And that was what we decided would dictate where everything, what, else. everything else. Right. Um, so we ended up um, finding a house in Santa Rosa um, and being able to cre- 
have a three bedroom house so we could have the home office and we mm-hmm. could um, work from home and have space uh, for Luca to play. And um, this was where I grew up, so it felt like a natural a natural move home. But we're in the country. Um, I was going to say having goats is your next door neighbor. Uh, yeah, a big part of it too. Oh, and and getting fresh farm food from our talented, you know, Hillary. So um, is amazing. And I just, I love, I love being here. I feel creative again, but yeah, moving kind of dictated that I needed to make a major decision Mm -hmm. with what was going to happen to secession. I um, commuted for a couple months and I was like, this is just going to work. This is not, I want to be home with my son. Mm -hmm. Commuting is just not going to work. And, um, so I, I gave my notice and ended my lease and, um, I, I felt like I really got to have closure with my customers. I made the decision in October and then I had till March till I had to be out. Okay, and so I was able to really while. tell a story and say goodbye to as many people as possible. Yeah. I, it's so hard when businesses just put the note on the door that they like, closed yeah. and that and it, they have the hoodline article or the chronicle article that they're just gone like i really my community was so important to me and the decision to leave it was was huge so mm-hmm. i wanted to i wanted to hug my community totally um and so when i closed i felt really good about the decision mm-hmm. um i took a couple months off um to after i closed and i we were still moving and so i just took that space to be with my family um and then i i like after a couple months i started to think about well all of my stuff online is about having a physical space Mm -hmm. um so i've i rewrote my website so now secession is totally a virtual space till I figure out professionally or if there's a new storefront in the future which except for (laughs) why we're here why we're here let's hear all about it yeah so that was the other part that was kind of eating at me was I closed at 14 and a half years and I always dreamed about having this like grand 15 anniversary like I I thought the gallery was going to be there for like 30 I'll be a legacy business and be there for 30 years, but it just didn't, everything, it didn't work out. Um, but yeah, so I dreamed of having this big party. Um, and like my graphic designer, Heather Robinson, we always thought like, Oh, I'll have like a wavy tube, man. We we had grand ideas. (laughs) Um, so I was gonna just be quiet and not, and let, let it go. But then, um, I've had a couple conversations with friends and family, and um, I was going to do a virtual event featuring artists, and, mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, I just love being able to be around people. I love being able, a retail weekend is what I want. So I rented a gallery in Bernal, mm-hmm. um, 307 Cortland, and I rented it from August 4th through 7th, Okay, and it is going to be a, cur- a curated gallery that people can just stop in, say hello, shop, mm-hmm. and um, not like a. I didn't want a one night thing where everyone has right. to cram in and they don't get to say hi to anybody. Right, <laughs> like a wedding. Um, yeah. So um, the this is going to be a new experience for me because normally my shows, 
my gallery shows run for two months. Okay. And I have a little bit of time to actually set them up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, our install is for four hours. Oh. Okay. And we have and how many artists? Fifteen artists. Okay. Um, that have some have multiple multiple pieces. Um, I was so excited to choose the fifteen as front from previous years that people had shown and just the art that is being created is really so much art. And, um, what I put out to everyone was like something that, um, means a lot about your love for San Francisco mm. or your love for your home. Love and that meant, that meant something different to ev everyone. Right. So we definitely got a lot of incredible big pieces of Bernal Hill. Nice. <laughs> which I love. <laughs> what are some of the neighbors? Like what, what part of Cortland I'm trying to... So we're next to Holy Water. Okay. And um, we're basically in between Pinhole, Coffee. Yep. Yep. Um, Veterans of this podcast. Yes. Yep. Um, Holy Water, like really close to Succulents. Avadano. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. yeah. So, and that... Every, Everyone in that neighborhood have been really connected to as well mm -hmm. um, over the years. We, it's just like Mission Mission Bernal and Cortland. It's just like a small village. Yeah. Like we just all with know really each other. great weather. <laughs> with really great, yeah. Anything closing you want to want to say? Sure. So I I hope that everybody will um, save the date and they will come see this curation in person and just come say hello and do a little shopping. Um, I'll have our 94110 shirts um, and, and some of our inventory that um, is amazing that we have. Um, and I'm just so excited to celebrate our anniversary party on the Friday, August 5th and, um, and show you all of the art that is being created for this really special 15th anniversary. That was Eden Stein. We've already recorded an episode for season five, and we've booked a second. We're mad at work gearing up for what promises to be an exciting adventure for us. Look for the new season to launch in early September. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 190 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, please rate and review our show so we can reach even more folks. We love email. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.